A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. Hello, solo travelers. Welcome to episode 20 of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We have a really exciting episode for you today. So I met this woman through Instagram, just social media, because I'm always looking for women who have the same passions and love to travel and just are really cool people and give off a good vibe. And While scrolling through Instagram, I met this woman, Jess, which you are going to meet today, and she is amazing. If you want to learn anything about cultural immersion, if you want to learn about how to really travel like a local and how to, when you go to a different community and when you go to a different destination, to really explore it for what it is, and that is the people, the culture, the history, and not just landmarks, this is who you want to talk to. Jess is the founder of The Wander Word, and it is a site where you can learn all about cultural immersion. You can connect with Jess to, you know, help you become more culturally immersive in your travels and also, you know, to get your trip planned for you and work together on creating that custom unique itinerary so that way you can make the most out of your adventures coming up. And so, you know, today's episode is going to be really about How do you move from being a tourist to a traveler? And yes, exploring those landmarks, that's still something we're not saying you can't do. You know, you should be seeing all these things. But how can you take it a step further and really dive into the culture of a location so that way you're making the most out of these experiences? So without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome Jess to this podcast episode. So Jess, welcome. We can't wait to hear all about what you have to share about cultural immersion today. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I love the work that you do, helping women feel empowered and giving them the confidence to solo travel. These are are tools (laughs) that we all need. And I think it's really awesome that you, you know, built your travel services around this because I think it's really important and people can get kind of scared to solo travel, but all you need is that little bit of support and you're providing that to people. So I love that about you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, so thanks for having me. Yes, my name is Jess. I'm the founder of The Wonder Word. Um, everybody thought I was crazy starting a travel business during a pandemic, but I knew that it was really something that I wanted to do. Um, I started out my traveling, I guess, career or just journey. Um, when I was pretty young, when I was in high school, I was 16 years old. Um, And I traveled outside of the country for the first time and was away from my parents for the first time ever. And I was really lucky to go to the high school that I did um, in a suburb outside of Boston. They had a really, really excellent um, language program. And 
I was able to take Italian and French at the same time when I was in high school. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Usually you have to pick one or the other, you know? So that's awesome. You were able to take multiple. Yeah. I started taking French when I was in middle school. And then I don't know how I really like it, It's funny to think about being 14 years old and like making the conscious decision to study two languages. Not really <laughs> sure like how that happened, but it did happen. Um, and I just, you know, kind of made it a point with my schedule to be able to fit both of those classes in. Um, I never was really into anything else. I was super shy. I didn't play any sports. I didn't, I wasn't in any clubs. Um, and I really didn't have that many friends and I was kind of just like this loner, but for some reason, languages, they always just really fascinated me. Like I always, when I was younger, I was always listening to music in different languages, Mostly started with Celine Dion and Gloria Estefan yes. and Selena. Yes, I saw that Selena movie with J-Lo and it just like brought me to this other like space. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Um, go J-Lo. And the, the Selena series right now is good too. Actually, there's going to be a new episode coming out in a couple of days. But <gasps> Really? The new season? Yeah, it's going to be season two in a couple of days. I forget so exactly. But I know. I binged so that excited. one day. I sat down in one day and just watched the whole thing. It was so good. I couldn't turn it off. I also binge watched it and it's, it like left you on such a cliffhanger at the end of the Uh first season. So (laughs) yeah, I'm so pumped. Everybody listening. If you haven't watched the Selena Netflix series, get on it. And if it's, if it's been a while since you watched the movie with JLo, that's how I initiated (laughs) my (laughs) Selena series. First I watched the movie and then the next day I watched the series. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I, I uh, entered into high school and I just like right away, immediately my freshman year started hosting exchange students, um, a couple of Italian ones, a couple of French ones. And then when I was in my junior year, I kind of started to like, I guess, feel like it was a good idea to travel and for, for me to be the, the student being hosted in another country. Um, so I participated in a six week exchange program to Paris I'd never been outside of the country before and it was so crazy. And again, I was super shy and, and I, and I really, it was really hard for me to make friends with the other Americans that uh, were in the program with me. But somehow I, I, you know, travel really um, grows your comfort zone. I think way more than uh, having new experiences while you're at home. I think if that makes sense. For sure. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And so it just took me from this really shy, like introverted, um, really like always thinking that people were looking at me and thinking that I was weird to kind of like taking, you know, a little bit of that anxiety down and, and really showing myself that I can interact with new people and um, and that I do have interesting things to say and that I can kind of make new friends. Um, and that's, that's what happened. And that experience really uh, kind of opened up my eyes. And, and I had a big uh, bout of culture shock. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was just it was really life changing. I mean, I think every time you travel, it's life changing. But this is a, was the first time I ever left the country and, and a really unique experience being an exchange student. Um, and side note, the family that I was staying with was extremely wealthy, you guys like they were it was crazy for me to be able to stay in the type of house that they had. But another benefit that I received from them and they were, they were very, very generous and they were amazing to me. Um, they took me to Italy. Oh, wow. So Yeah. Um, so we went to Venice uh, for a week 
and it was me, my host uh, mom and, and my host sister. And so the first time out of the country, I got to go to Italy and France. Um, and then the next year I had the same type of program, but I went to Florence, Italy, and I stayed with the family. And that experience was a little bit different because I just felt closer to the Italian culture. Um, and uh, it was, you know, also the first times that I was really practicing my language skills outside of the classroom. So that was super impactful. Um, and it was the first time that I realized that maybe I actually had a skill in, in speaking other languages and learning other languages um, because I was able to use so easily what I had learned in school. So that's one thing that I always wish I did was exchange programs. I had like a buddy of mine who did one in college where he went to Australia for a semester and then like made his way to New Zealand to go like snowboarding too and all this fun stuff. And I'm like, darn it, I missed out. I wish I would have done that. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know what? I know that we're not in school anymore. Um, you still can have experiences like that. So two um, services that you can use. Uh, the first one is exclusively for solo female travelers only. Uh, there's a great, great Facebook page that actually was offline for a while, but now it's back. It's Facebook group rather. Um, and it's called Host a Sister. Ooh. And yeah. And so on Host a Sister, you can post that you are either able to host people um, or just meet up with people. You can also post that you are going to be going to visit somewhere and travel somewhere and uh, post that you are looking for somewhere to stay. And what happens is people will comment on that post and say that they can host you or that they can just meet up with you or whatever it is. So when you're traveling solo, if you want to culturally immerse yourself and be able to get shown around by a local or even maybe save money and stay with a local if that's inside of your comfort zone, um, Host a Sister is a great page on Facebook. There's also the page Girls Love Travel. They mm -hmm. have a separate Facebook group page that's just for looking for lodgings. Um, so that's a really good resource too. And then there's also couch surfing. Although I have heard recently, I've never used couch surfing before. I have heard that it has changed recently in the fact that you have to like pay for it to be part of the service. Oh, um, I never knew that. I mean, yeah, I've always known of it as a free thing. Yeah. So I'm, I, again, I haven't used it, so I don't really know um, what it's like right now, but it is a great place to look for lodgings. And either way, all of those things, you could just use them as a way to meet locals. You don't have to stay with someone. Um, you can stay in your own place, find your own accommodation and meet up with people and have friends and like stuff to do with locals, with people who are actually from there. Mm -hmm. um, so those are good things you could do. And while it's not an exchange program, it is kind of like the adult <laughs> version yeah. of an exchange program that you can use. Um, so I would definitely look into those experiences. Um, and if anybody is listening that has any, you know, kids or nieces and nephews that are high school age or college age, I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, to, you know, look into exchange programs for them or at the college age study abroad programs. Um, they, they're just life-changing things, really, really life-changing things. Um, I did a uh, study abroad for one year in Florence, Italy, and just lived there for a year like a regular person and took classes at the local university. And, and it really, um, that, that was definitely the most culturally immersive experience I've ever had because I was just living there and going to school. And 
going grocery shopping and all, yeah. all that stuff just, for a year and so wow. yeah Mm-hmm. That is amazing. What a cool experience. And yeah, I mean, we get a lot of people here that are either in college or, you know, just kind of fresh out. But, um, you know, definitely if you're listening, like you said, look into those experiences because you never know, you know, it might be it might be an offer for you. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know now with, you know, the way the world is, but um, hopefully soon <laughs> those type of things will reopen. Yeah, now. soon. Yeah, no, things yes. are starting to open up in that front right now. Kind of the Good. academic opportunities to, to travel. Um, cool. Okay. And also there's there's one more resource that I wanted to throw out. Um, there's a there's an Instagram account called Pax Light, and she is constantly giving uh, travel opportunities that are centered around like um, internships or, um, you know, master's degree programs, scholarship type situations in which you can either travel for free or, or for very inexpensive, um, or have your tuition paid or something along those lines. She's constantly posting different opportunities. So if you are, um, even if you are out of college, um, there's a lot of opportunities out there for you to be able to travel, um, in a, in a cheap way or, or to enroll in some type of program. Um, so, it's all right, everyone, if you're not in the college age anymore, if you never went or whatever, there's a lot of things that are based on age as well. So don't give up. (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't. And one thing I want to go back to is, you know, you saying that when you, you know, did go abroad for this, you learned kind of more about yourself on, you know, how you can go out there and make friends and how it's, you know, easier than you thought. And you were able to put yourself out there. And that's one thing I always want to say to people is that, Oftentimes we get in our heads and the more time you spend thinking about the decision to travel solo and like, oh, well, what if this happens or what if I don't make friends, this and that, the more you're going to stop yourself from doing it and then have the whole shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, when you're older. Right. And I think one of the best things to do is just jump right in and do it, you know, because you're not going to know how you are in those situations until you go ahead and do it. You can play every scenario in your mind, you know what I mean? But you're not going to actually know which one of those is true until you get out there and actually go. And so, yes, think about your trip and make sure you have a plan and, you know, get your stuff together, but don't get too much in your head about it because you're going to really miss out. And I I agree with you. Like, I didn't realize how easy it was for me to talk to strangers in a safer, a safe environment. I'm not just going up to anyone in an alleyway, you know, but like, you know, I can make friends and like get out there. And I mean, some of my closest friends I've met that way. And um, you could be missing out on amazing friendships <laughs> if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't just get out there and do it. So I kind of like that you brought that up, um, that you kind of just didn't realize about that, about yourself until you were out there. Yeah. And I think every time I travel, like I, I realize it even more. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I was young, I mean, I, I studied abroad at such a young age. So I think it, it definitely shaped who I am today, but I still was only 19. I mean, I was wicked young. So I, I don't think I really realized that that was going on until a lot later. Yeah. Um, but and now that Austin you know, just came out, girl. Wicked young. <laughs> wicked. Yeah. Everybody, if you're listening, I love it. don't know the word wicked in Boston is slang for like very extremely like a lot. Like if you I say like <laughs> I'm wicked excited or I'm wicked hungry or I'm wicked tired or all of these. <laughs> so you can use the word wicked. So yeah. Love it, love and that it. is exclusively a, a Massachusetts. Thing, it really so. is. It yeah, really is. You, you won't hear that anywhere else besides here. And I mean, maybe it makes sense Rhode Island. With, 
it makes sense with Salem and everything. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I, I always wonder how that word came to be. Like, because Wicked is in, in everywhere else. Wicked means like bad or evil. So I don't yeah, know right. how. I don't know how we got that here. Some there's got to be some type of linguistic explanation about that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I what love it, is. it. I had to call that out because I think it's out of all the conversations we had. I think that's the first time you've used it, and I'm like, oh, there we yeah. go. <laughs> I know it comes out. My bo- my Boston comes out sometimes. My Boston is showing. So, yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, I also wanted to ask you. Um, so obviously, you've traveled abroad and you've done the you know exchange program and something like that. But you actually have kind of a cool story on how you started your actual like legit solo travel um you know and I think it's funny because the more people I've talked to a lot of people have this type of experience where it was by accident yeah um you know and so I think I think our viewers would like to hear hear that story if you don't mind sharing yeah sure I really like to tell the story so this is a it's a pretty deep story um actually and a little, a little bit of a, of a trigger warning about, um, you know, abusive relationships. So just FYI for that. I'm not really going to go too deep into it, yeah. but just mention, um, I didn't travel for a period of about, um, ooh, let's see, about five years. So I actually had um, an experience that led me to Tunisia, uh, where I met uh, my ex-husband. And so this uh, relationship transferred back into the United States, where we lived together for a few years. But this person ended up to be extremely, extremely abusive. Um, So much so that I didn't travel for a while because of this person's kind of control over my life. Um, and, and really uh, affected a, a lot of my self-esteem and all of those skills and, that I had built uh, from traveling at a young age kind of like went away because of this person. Um, and so after I kind of, you know, if anyone out there is listening right now and you're in a similar situation, I want you to know that you're not crazy, um, that yeah. what the person is telling you about yourself in whatever type of abusive relationship and whatever type of abuse that it may be, um, you know, it's not true what the person is telling you about yourself. You know yourself best. And that's the person that you should listen to and not anybody yeah. else. Um, so I, you know, it took me a while to realize that. Um, and I and I started to talk about it more and I went to therapy. And I really realized that what was happening around me was not actually reflecting the person who I was on the inside. So doing that kind of inner work led me to be able to leave this relationship. Um, and at that point, I was like, I am ready to hit the road again. I am ready to get out of here. I've gained back my freedom, um, my financial freedom away from this person. Yeah. So I, yeah, and, and it was it was very scary, but it was really, um, it, it just felt like I was back in control of my life. So you can gain back that control. You can get it back. It is 100% possible. I believe in you. Um, yes. So I decided to go back to Italy because I hadn't been in a while. And I uh, was talking to one of my uh, former best friends. And this is kind of when our uh, friendship started to go downhill because we were planning a trip together. I really wanted to bring her with me. I wanted to have that kind of like, you know, I'm back in action with my girl. We're in Italy. Like, let's go. And um, we bought our plane tickets and started planning the trip. And it was really exciting. And we were going to leave in July. This was in 2017. And in May, she backed out. We had already bought the plane tickets, you guys. We had already, I mean. So stressful. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't believe it. I I just was like, what? What do you mean? I mean, we were already, like, we already invested in the 
the biggest investment of the trip is a plane ticket in, in, in lodging. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, and so we had already done, and I just didn't understand. So I won't get into the reasons why she said she couldn't go, but so I was kind of left at this crossroads of, of being, you know, pretty nervous, even though I had lived abroad alone before and I had technically traveled solo, but was always meeting up with somebody in my destination, like a local. So I didn't ever really have that experience of traveling alone and staying in a hotel or an Airbnb alone. Um, so it was the first time that I was ever going to do that. And, and I was like, should I still go? I don't know. And ultimately, I was like, well, of course, I'm still going to go because I bought the plane ticket, you know, period. <laughs> I couldn't cancel the trip. Um, I, I didn't want to lose that money. Yeah. So I went and it was three weeks um, and it was just it was almost even more eye opening and, and confidence building than the year that I had spent abroad. Um, I was completely on my own. And I, you know, navigated tough travel situations and, you know, delayed planes and, and trying to um, figure out new stuff in, in a new town. And, and even when you speak, the, you know, I speak Italian, I'm, a, I'm an Italian teacher of 10 years, but even that, even though I had the language is still, you know, when you go to new places in, in a different country, you still have to kind of get those, uh, those moments, those tough moments to figure out challenges. And, it was just so, um, it was, it really allowed me to connect with myself, with my spirituality. Um, and, and it was really empowering and confidence building. Um, and I think also that it's really important when we travel and when we're at home to spend time with ourselves. Um, I agree. Yeah. And I think too, I think like in a way it was like the best medicine in disguise for you because being someone who also spent a very long time with someone who was not the nicest human um, and, you know, very abusive and stuff like that. I think it kind of forced you to rely on yourself again. You know, for so many years, you were dependent on somebody else because they forced you to be, you know, based on not allowing you to do certain things and, you know, controlling your life. And I think like, although you regained your life and you regained that independence, this kind of took it to another level. And I think like it helped you instill, and, you know, I'm just saying this from my own experience and, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it helps you instill that, like you said, that confidence to show like, I don't need anyone else. I can do mm -hmm. anything I ever wanted Yep, a hundred percent on my own. And I think we rely so much and I'm going to blame Disney on my side okay, <laughs> for a lot of this. Thank God they're starting to pivot how they make their, you know, female, you know, leads you know in new disney movies and stuff mm -hmm. like that they're you know badass women and stuff like that now but boy when we grew up they were very dependent on finding love and finding a man and finding all these things yeah. and you know what i mean and i think like these experiences travels not just going and taking pictures of the great wall you know yeah. or taking pictures of the eiffel tower it is such a learning experience for yourself and i think that's what you know it, it, this is why, you know, this podcast is here and why, you know, I became friends with you, Jess. And this is why you do what you do is because we're trying to get the word out there that like travel is so much more than, you know, just taking a vacation. It it really, what it does for your soul and your spirit and your mind. And it, it's just extremely empowering. And I don't think people realize it until they actually go through it. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't definitely yeah. not, you know, it, and, and I think that is like you were saying earlier, people have like a lot of women 
have a story about how they started to solo travel. And a lot of the times I've heard it was because one of their friends backed out at the last minute. Yeah. Um, and so it, it that kind of, you know, it, it forces you to go into the situation that maybe you hadn't planned on. Um, and that can be kind of scary. But take it. Take the leap. Like, take the plunge. Because... I learned so much about myself and this was only a three week trip. I mean, it wasn't like this, like, you know, three month thing. Um, and again, it was to a country that I had been to before and country that I speak the language. Um, but it still showed me, you know, it allowed me to like get to know myself. I think when we are living these really busy lives and we're always, you know, worrying about um making plans with other people or like keeping up appearances or if you are in a relationship or you or if you have roommates or whatever it is like the people that you surround yourself with we have to take that alone time to know who we are if we don't connect with ourselves and if we don't get to know ourselves and our own personality and our own wants and needs then it can be really um you know we can we can walk this thin line um, and kind of let other people dictate to us who we are if we 100%. don't do that first. Like, that's what happened to me. And it, it was, you know, one of the reasons why I think I did have kind of this lower self-esteem growing up. And it was because I really didn't spend that time with myself to get to know myself. And I let other people dictate that for me. And most of those people were wrong. Oh, so, yeah. It is just such a good way to get to know yourself. Um, and then obviously there's all the other benefits that go along with traveling outside of your relationship with yourself is your relationship with the international community and the things that you get to learn about how the world works and how there are, you know, billions of people on the earth. Uh, we all have the same, you know, outline as humans the same type of brain the same yeah. you know necessities of food water air sleep and all of that but we've come up with these infinite number of ways to do the same things like feed ourselves or celebrate births and and deaths and marriages and and you know sell and buy foods and and so it's it's really um it, it's just you get to learn so much about humans when you travel and for me that is one of the biggest benefits of traveling as well as solo traveling because when you travel with people from your country it's a great experience don't get me wrong but it is naturally is not as um culturally immersive mm -hmm. if you do that because you're yeah you have be, that barrier yeah. yeah it does create a bit of a barrier um you you have to really plan on cultural immersion i think more when you travel with other people mm -hmm. um and where you travel alone you still have to plan for it but it's just a little bit more natural because you don't have other people from your country yeah. to talk about you know your stuff in your world and your kind of universe and you, you can be more aware of what's going on outside of you I guess a thousand percent and I think too when you travel and guys we're not saying don't travel with people uh, I do love my girls trips and I love mm -hmm. traveling with a significant other and my mom and all this stuff a hundred percent however we're saying to mix in you know mix in those yeah. experiences for yourself if not just for the experience of travel but for your for your own self-care exactly and, um Watch them out. But yeah, I, I definitely think to, you know, going with someone, there's that barrier and things like that. And also it's what's comfortable for me and culturally immersive for me and things I want to experience is going to be totally different for somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I might be totally comfortable going to, you know, a 
a town outside of like the main tourist area and going to like a hole in the wall restaurant so I can have like real local food and not, you know, the uptick prices in tourist areas. But the person I'm with might be like, well, no, like, you know, more nervous, which of course, totally okay. You know, if that's something you're not used to. And so you are nervous about it. Um, so by having those solo experiences, you're able to make the trip uniquely yours and not, you know, have to, you know, this might sound selfish, but it's okay to be selfish sometimes people, um, but not have to worry about somebody else. You know, not have to worry about, you know, if they're going to be comfortable or not, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You can really make it your own. You can, you can own it Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I definitely agree. I noticed a big difference between my experiences traveling with other people and my experiences traveling alone. It's just a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Oh, totally. And they're both good vibes. They're both good vibes. But with solo travel, it's uh, it's just more, you know, obviously intimate because you're by yourself. And I I just feel like I just had more opportunities to connect with locals because Mm -hmm. they were the people available for me to talk to. And so when you're sitting at the restaurant talking to your friends that you're traveling with, you know, there's kind of no reason to make friends with locals or, or talk extensively mm-hmm. with the waiter or, or whatever. So it definitely is a great moment to, to focus on immersion when you travel solo, in my opinion. A hundred percent. And I yeah. also like, as I've gotten older and traveled solo to some places more and also to, um, you know, places with, I've learned like the locations that like are more like if I'm going to like an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean then yes I want to go with people and like drink on the beach and have fun but if I'm going to like Europe or to South America or you know certain places where I'm like really into the history and the culture I'm like yep these are places I'm going by myself (laughs) or someone who is extremely more like-minded you know and like likes that type of experience too um because that's the one thing like going to Peru like, yeah, I went there, you know, and I'm so glad I was by myself. Like, yes, for the truck portion, you know, those few days, you don't go, I didn't have the money to be hiring a porter for myself, you know what I mean? So I did go mm. with a few other people. Um, but I didn't know them, you know, and I met them. And I was glad to have them there for that portion, because, you know, you empowered each other, lifted each other up when you were feeling weak and things like that. Right. But the rest of the time in Peru, and I ended up getting stuck there in a, which was a very big blessing um, for an extra like 15 days because of a hur- hur- few hurricanes that hit the States. And I mean, I was by myself in Cusco, you know, just doing my thing and like ended up being completely, you know, I had a cafe where people knew me because I was there every day for three, like 15 days, you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, that was like the best. And um, so, yeah, I've definitely learned like places and things I'd want to do solo versus you learn more as you get older, you know, and the more you experience for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was great. It is a blessing in disguise. You you got locked in Peru for heck yeah, and days. I loved I loved that it was before I flew to Lima. I think if I flew to Lima and stayed there and got stuck there, I wouldn't have had as good of a time to be honest. Because Lima's a huge city, right? Um, and you know the pollution's pretty bad there. I have to say, um, and Lima, you know, but it is a bigger city, and I actually find myself personally, I have a harder time becoming a more open and culturally immersive in those type of big cities, you know, like mm-hmm. a, you know, like a Tokyo or New York city and all those type of things. Um, and Lima would have been that than I do in the rural, like villages and towns and things like that. Cause I feel like you, you really meet more of the locals there. And so Cusco was perfect. Um, you know, people that don't know Cusco, um, Peruvian Spanish is one of the best 
forms of Spanish to learn um, because it's a, they speak slower um, and they don't use a lot of slang. They are, they do have more proper um, Spanish than, you know, if you went to different countries, like, you know, for example, if you go to Puerto Rico, it's a lot more slang and they speak a lot faster. Peruvians actually speak very slow like compared to, you know, a lot of other Spanish speaking countries. And so when you're in Cusco, there is a ton of Spanish schools that, you know, people from, you know, Europe or the U.S. or Australia or more English speaking countries actually go to to learn Spanish. And I didn't know that until I met some guy at a pub and he was he's a teacher and he was telling me and he like I, and then we walked around and there was like six schools in like five block radius that were for people to come and learn Spanish. Um, and he was telling me that and he was a gentleman that was from the States that actually went there to learn Spanish and fell in love. And it's been 24 years and he never went back to, I mean, wow. he goes back to visit, but he stayed there and now he teaches Spanish. And stuff like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And so like those type of things I wouldn't have learned or experienced if I didn't get stuck there for, you know, the extra 15 days and, right. you know, got to, so there's just so many cool stories you'll have in your life. If you open yourself up to these experiences. Absolutely. Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own. And that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app and you're never gonna travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah. 50 and go to tourlina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. But Jess, okay, so obviously amazing world traveler. I got all these cool experiences, but I do want to focus on two how that led to you creating, you know, I want to hear and, you know, I want you to share with the audience more about the Wander Word. How did these experiences really lead you to creating that and, you know, your mission and just kind of what you're putting out to the world through your, through your business? Yeah. So the Wander Word was created um, kind of out of a feeling in my own day-to-day -day life that I wasn't able to use my passions and my skills in what I was already doing like as much as I wanted to so um I am a I'm a language teacher by trade um I have my master's degree in education and I've been teaching high school for about 10 years now and I predominantly teach Italian but I also um teach French and Spanish and I taught English although that was a long time ago when I first started out <laughs> um, and having these types of experiences in the classroom kind of led me to crave, um, you know, deeper and, and more meaningful experiences with intention for my students. Um, and a couple of things that I started to do at the school where I teach was 
uh, take over the cultural fair, which is my favorite day of the whole year. And I'm so sad because we couldn't do it two years in a row. But it's basically a day where um, all of the students, they uh, come to the gymnasium and there's different tables for different countries or different regions of the world. And the students will dress in their traditional clothes of their culture oh, I love it. um oh it's so great i'll i'll, I'll send you pictures later i have so yes, many pictures please. and videos from previous years mm-hmm. um and they're they make food and they bring in food and they sell food um and i i collect songs beforehand and there's like a playlist we um i also um was a not not coach you guys not choreographer but the teacher advisor for the international dance club yep. and that's when we have our performances at the cultural fair um oh, I and it's just... which i want you to plug guys her information will be in the description here but you have to check out her jess's music mondays she oh, goes yes. into music from all different cultures around the world so you can see a little taste of her choreography the oh last yeah one she, did, she was she was all over she was dancing oh i love to dance <laughs> I love music and I think it's one of the best ways to culturally immerse yourself. It's the most fun way. And it's but... universal. It's a universal yeah. language. Everyone loves music. Absolutely. Even if you don't understand the words, the melodies, and it's just, oh, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you definitely. <laughs> there's, I, I have a lot of resources about how to um, learn about cultures through music, but yeah, so, you know, these types of experiences, I, I just kept on craving more and more and more. Like it just, it was never enough. And so I started to take my students on these trips that were organized by a well-known um, educational tour company that a lot of my colleagues use. And it was a way for me to be able to take my students abroad without the pressure of me planning everything. Because mm-hmm. initially I was really kind of, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to be the leader of, of any type of trip, even if it's, your, if it's with your friends and family. But to take other people's children to another country, oh it, yeah, it's really nerve wracking. Whole whole another level of stress and responsibility. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of responsibility. So I just kind of like went with the vibe of my school initially and chose co- a company that everybody else was. Our, well, not everyone. There's two other teachers besides me that take students abroad, um, and. I had a, a great experience um, and my students loved it. And I did these tours a few times, but by the time we went on the second tour and while we were kind of in the thick of it, I really realized that while you know it was a positive experience and I'm definitely not knocking on any type of tours or companies or tour guides or those type of experiences, I felt like we weren't really having any reason to connect with locals we were having really rushed um, days where we would sometimes visit two or three cities in one day. Um, I, I remember one day we were in Nice, Monaco, Aise, back to Nice again in Southern France. And it was just like crazy. Like it, it just, I, I felt like it was just a really superficial way um, to get to see these places. And I, was just standing, I remember standing in a piazza one day in, in Florence um, and we had like just got to the area of the city that we were in and we had only a few minutes and then we had to leave again to go do something else. And I was just looking at my students and you know, while none of them ever complained and we had a great time, I could just see that. I could just sense it was too fast and it, it, and it was too surface. It, it wasn't deep enough. I didn't feel like we were really having any immersive experiences. None of our experiences were authentic or tied to the local community. We were just kind of like 
go in this piazza, get back on the bus, go in the next one, get on the bus, go to this museum, mm-hmm. get back on the bus. And, and so I, I really felt like we were missing out a lot. Um, so the next year I um, connected with actually one of my friends from Italy, her sister is an English teacher there. And so I kind of started small and invited a group of students from Italy to come here and we hosted them. And that was kind of like my first experience creating an exchange program. Um, But we didn't go to Italy that year. Then the following year um, I found a school or a couple of years later, I, um, I didn't want to do a tour again. I was like, I don't want to do this tour again. I want to do something on my own. And I mm-hmm. want this to be like meaningful for my students and for them to make real cultural connections and like do slow travel and, and really immerse themselves. So I emailed every single Italian teacher in, in the country <laughs> and I asked if they knew about a school in Italy who wanted to do an exchange program. And I ended up being able to connect with a school that was in like a small town. Um, outside of Florence, about 45 minutes away from Florence in Tuscany. Um, The town is called Borgo San Lorenzo. I highly recommend to go there and to stay there. Um, It's a small town that still has a ton of history. The word Borgo means hamlet. So it's small, everyone. It's really small. But it's great because we were the only non-locals. Like, it was only us. And my students got to live with Italian families. We got to go to school. And then all of the kind of excursions that we did, which was only to Florence and Bologna, we didn't go to a million places in the, in the time that we were there. All of the excursions in, in, that we had were led by like history teachers from the high school or the English teacher from the high school. So it wasn't with a tour company. It wasn't with a tour guide. It was just a local showing us around and, and knowing the historical context of the place that we were because they were the history teacher. And so obviously they were very well versed in, in those things. And it was just mind blowing the difference between seeing how my students responded to a fast paced superficial tour versus slow traveling and having authentic culturally immersive experiences where they yeah. actually got to really connect with locals and have home cooked meals and you know really get all of the inside secrets about daily life. Um, and I love that because a lot of kids, you know, they might not ever get an experience like that again, because you don't know where people come from in their background and, you know, financially and all this stuff. Right. And so I think like what you're doing for these kids is just, it's so much more than getting them out of their country. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're, they're experiencing things that, and unfortunately, you know, and I know other countries have their own media and things like that, too. But unfortunately for us in, you know, our, in the U.S. specifically, in, in the Western world, we are fed such BS when it comes to a lot of other cultures and religions and this and that. And I think one of the most important things you're doing with this program and what you're doing for these kids is you're showing them firsthand. This is not how life is. This is how it is. You know, you're getting them out there to break down these barriers and stereotypes and see firsthand for themselves versus what they see on the media and doing that at such a young age with these kids, I think is so important because then they have better hope, you know, for, as they grow up that these stereotypes and barriers can hopefully start being, being diminished as, I mean, they'll always be there. It is what it is. It's human nature, unfortunately, but if you can, any little bit we can do to, you know, rear these kids into, you know, breaking down those stereotypes, I think is just the most amazing thing. 
It is. And it's so important to do that at a young age too. I mm-hmm. think it really shapes your view of the world. Um, and, and, and it, and it makes you realize your place in it and how you can get out there and how you can use your skills and your passions and your talents in more of an international way, instead of just limiting yourself to your own state, province, region, country, you know, yeah. territory, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of my first, um, I, I didn't know it at the time, but that was my first like wander word moment where I took the control of the situation and decided to have an, an immersive experience for my students. Um, and that was, it's really difficult to do that um, as a public school teacher in the United States because the administration is not supportive about these types of things. So it was hard for me to um, to do this trip. My principal did not like it. He didn't understand why I wasn't just using a tour. Um, he didn't <laughs> understand why I wanted to go for longer than just our, our week vacation. He didn't allow us to go for longer than the week vacation. Um, it was really difficult to to have meetings um, with the administration about this trip and to get support. And, and so I kind of realized that I had been using, um, you know, the cultural fair and these trips as a way to disguise how unhappy I was in, you know, this field of work. And when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of time to think about what I was going to do about that. You know, yeah. When you have a job that's not um, fulfilling, and I don't mean with my students, I mean the control and the power play that the administration in, in American public school system puts on their teachers. That's yeah. You don't get the support you need at no. all. I mean, when teachers have to pay it's out of pocket for most of their supplies, you know, I mean that right there says a lot. It's yeah. It's crazy. It, it's just it's a lot worse than you probably think that it is yeah but I won't get into that too much that's a separate <laughs> podcast episode for us <laughs> so I kind of started to play around with this idea and I really I had been thinking about having my own business for a while and I knew that I wanted to help people travel and, and I didn't really know like what that looked like and so I started to play around with it and I realized that um you know talking to a lot of American travelers and we have this idea here when we travel that you know, because of the way our society is, and we usually only have like two weeks vacation in an entire year, which is not normal in the rest of the world. Oh, um, no. We get really obsessed with the bucket list. We get really obsessed with checking off the checklist of the monuments that we're supposed to see. And, and those- seeing as much as you can in a short period. Exactly, and- exactly. And so what ends up happening is that people travel to countries and they will again have kind of the same superficial fast paced experience that I had initially in that first trip or first two trips that I was talking about with my own students, where we were being shuffled through piazza after piazza, you know, town after town, on the tour bus, off the tour bus. Um, all of our meals were pre planned and we didn't get to choose where we ate, you know, breakfast or dinner. Um, we didn't ever have any reason to talk to locals because it w- we were going so fast and yeah. we were on a tour bus. We were isolated. There were so many cultural barriers between ourselves and the places that we were going that we were really having this superficial experience. And, and so I think that that really does uh, reflect kind of a part of the American culture in regards to international travel. We really have this mentality that we have to do it quick, we have to do it fast, and we have to get the most done in the shortest amount of time. 
So, I used to be like that. So I totally, yeah. I totally get that because you don't, especially like financially and stuff, you don't know when you're going to make it back. Right. And so you're like, I have to see it all. But yeah, as I've gone to more places and realized, I'm like, wow, those first few trips I went on solo where I did, you know, fit everything in as much as I could in, you know, to a one or two week trip. I don't remember half of it. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> it, and it's very like, it's very exhausting and you, yeah, you don't remember it. And, and, and you need a vacation like, after your vacation because yeah. you're just go, go, go. You're not taking time to really right. absorb and relax and get to know things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, most of the work that I do with the wonder word is um, centered around coaching people about this idea because it is hard to break away from those patterns that are ingrained in us in our society, specifically talking about the United States. So my mission with the Wander Word is to really um, help, uh, really specifically American travelers, but uh, but I'll help anybody. I think the this concept of slow travel is a new thing for Americans. So we really do need kind of that support and those guidelines and those step-by-step processes that can allow us to have culturally immersive experiences. So what I do with the Wonder Word is I help people transform from tourists who are people who are mostly focused on those bucket lists, those checklists, fast-paced travel, um, transforming them from passive tourists who are only really connecting with maybe like the physical monuments and street names and famous piazzas of their destination, transforming them into active travelers who are more hands-on, who want to have experiences with the actual live culture as well as the people who are from that place and allowing the locals to be the stakeholders and the power holders of the situation um, as well as divesting from the mass tourism model and not giving our travel dollars to corporations who are planning these trips for us where most of the money that you pay on these tours goes to the company and not to the local community. It's really uh, not, it's, it's very disadvantageous for the locals because if you think about going on a tour and you're getting on and off this bus, um, first of all, you're, you're, you're driving into these city centers that are not like, like they're really not for these big buses. Um, Yeah. And so that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, you're not getting time. You're, you're not, um, you're not, probably spending your your hotel money and your restaurant money at these you know smaller locally owned places you're going to be shuffled towards these more you know corporate activities and so I help people divest from the mass tourism model and and really empower themselves to be able to do this work on their own Um, because you can do culture immersion on your own it does involve a bit of research it it involves a different set of eyes and a different um, you know model of planning than other types of uh, trips Um, so, you know, with, with my clients, I do, um, one-on-one services in which I can just simply coach them on how to do that work on their own. Um, and I also have one-on-one services in which I will do that for them. So we'll meet over a period of a few months and I will get to know them really well, because I think that travel is so personal. You really want to make sure that you're, um, catering it to your own personality. And then that way you're going to be able to meet people who are like you when you travel, the locals that like to do the same things as you. Um, and so that's a lot of the work that I do is that one-on-one experience, um, making sure that I'm, you know, empowering my clients to be able to immerse themselves on their own, as well as, um, building out the whole itinerary for them, keeping in mind their wants, their needs, their personality, um, their likes and dislikes, their hobbies, 
um, and, and how to how to take that and translate it into the daily life of the locals. Um, so, you know, if we think about our own culture, we have we have like I like to call it microculture versus macroculture. Um, so microculture is the culture that you have with your family. And yeah. friends, right. Like, um, you know, we were talking earlier, Sarah has a, a lot of nieces and nephews. And so you have your own culture, ritual, routines or with your family that you mm-hmm. have. And th- that's part of your culture. That's a microculture because it's a small group of people within a bigger umbrella culture. Right. And a microculture can also be your work or your school culture. Um, You know, there's a lot of vocabulary at your job specifically that is really only, you know, for that specific job that you do. Um, And also with, you know, a a school that you go to and the school culture. So these are all part of microcultures. So it's like Um, more like a culture that's unique to like you as a person versus. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so when we do cultural immersion work, we want to make sure that we also explore the microculture of the place that we are visiting. Um, For example, I love Zumba. (laughs) I love music. I I could see that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I love Zumba. And that's part of my microculture, going to the Zumba studio, um, you know, learning the dances, meeting the other women, making friends, Um, having our kind of inside jokes and our things about Zumba that we like and that we talk about when we're in class. So when I, you know, one of the things that I can do when I travel is to take that microculture that I have myself and explore that in another country. So what about a dance class when I travel? Who's going to be attending that dance class? Mm -hmm. Most likely it's going to be locals. It's going to be people who are from there. So you are getting an inside you know, moment with that culture, also doing something that you enjoy and that you like, but inserting yourself into the microculture of the place that you're visiting, giving you closer access to locals and a way to connect with them. Because if I like Zumba and you like Zumba and I'm in your country and you might notice that I'm not from there, depending on the situation, that's really going to allow us to connect with each other. So yeah, that's an example of microculture. And then macroculture is, of course, the more, you know, the regional culture, Um, like I used the word wicked earlier, that is more of a macro culture about, you know, the region of the United States that I am from, and then opening up, opening that up into the United States culture, um, the entire culture of the country would be the macro culture. So when we start to think about culture as micro and macro, it's easier to plan our trips around cultural immersion, because then we can relate that trip planning to our own lives and realize that, we can insert ourselves into these micro culture moments when we travel. And it's one of the best ways to get to know locals and to immerse yourself and to see what that micro culture is like over there, if that makes sense. No, that all makes sense. And so, you know, anyone listening, I mean, you heard it right here. I mean, I'm like wanting you to plan a trip for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got you, girl. No you problem. I mean, like, guys, if you are, I mean, because I can understand, I and we all were, we we're sensitive to this. We understand it could be so freaking overwhelming because mm-hmm. how do you know where to start? How do you know if it's the right thing? How do you know if you're being culturally appropriate? How do you know what you're doing is you know, politically correct, all those things. And so, but that's why Jess is doing what she's doing is 
you don't have to go at this alone. Yes, you should 100% be a part of the process because I think being a part of even the planning process is a learning. It helps you learn as you're go- before yes. you even go, you know, and we all know travel starts before you even get on that plane. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you don't have to go at it alone. You know, I'm someone who I've planned trips forever, but if I wanted to plan a trip that was really, really like a deep dive and I wanted to stay in the homes of like in the hillsides and th- like, I would definitely go to someone like Jess, well, you actually, I'm mm-hmm. um, not even like you, but you to like help with that because you know more about that than I do. And like, I don't want to be alone through that process, but I want to be a part of it, you know? So guys definitely, you know, make sure that if you're someone who is really interested in diving into the culture of a location and really getting to know the people and, and especially now, you know, one thing I want to stress, and I've stressed this on my last few podcast episodes is a lot of these countries have been hit extremely hard over the past year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so now more than ever, when we are traveling, it needs to be with intent and we yes. need to go there and, you know, find ways to give back. And I'm not saying, you know, donating to all these charities and doing all these things. I'm saying instead of going to the TGI Fridays in the middle of like London or Times Square, go mm-hmm. to the mom and pop restaurant that's outside of the city center. Absolutely. Or instead of going to the touristy souvenir person, if you're a person who likes souvenirs, go to the craft store, you know, of a local that's selling homemade goods that they mm-hmm. make. You know, find ways to put money and time back into the community because now more than ever, they need that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. I, it makes me think about um, this tour guide in Naples, that I was talking to on Clubhouse a few weeks ago and he was like, I haven't worked in, in a year and four months. Like I haven't had any income. Mm-hmm. And this guy is, is a guy who, you know, the, when I say don't take the tours or don't get on the tour bus, I mean those those tours that are planned for you from from the time you get to the airport to the time you have to go back to the airport. You can you need to find these local tour guides. The people that it's just this one mm-hmm. guy that has a company. Those are the people who, when you pay for their services, they use that to pay their rent. They use that to feed their kids. Yeah. They use that to to invest back in their company. That those are the people that we need to give our dollars to and support. Um, and, and you know things like Airbnb experiences. Um, you know connecting with with that. Uh, those are great yeah. ways to find locals who are offering services that align with your travel needs. Yeah, um, and I want to bring up too, Jess. Like, and if you are someone who is just like nervous and feels more comfortable going with a like a tour that is more of a name I have to shout out G Adventures um and I know Jess we like somebody shouted this out on a clubhouse room not too long ago because G Adventures builds into their yes they are a company that puts on tours they can be fast-paced of course but they have ways for you to um cater your tour they do have slow-paced tours as well but one thing they do is it's called the G Local Give Back or something like that and all of the guides and all of the cities they do are not G adventures guides. They are local guides that they hire. Mm -hmm. They also, one big thing is when you do any type of mountain treks, porters are treated pretty horribly by 90% of companies that hire them. They don't get paid living wages, nothing. And here they are risking their lives, carrying your shit up a mountain. And, you know, G adventures, Kentucky, there's certain companies that just treat like pay them really great wages and treat them like they're somebody on the tour. They're not just working for them. And they do these locals. So like you would go, you know, you'd be in a mountain town and you're having, instead of going to a restaurant for dinner, you're going to eat with a local family and they set up a whole lunch and stuff for you or whatever that is. And so if you are someone that does feel more comfortable going with a brand name and you're, you're nervous about, you know, leaving it up to, you know, cause there are scams out there and things like that, of course, but 
do your research. And if you are just someone who's more comfortable, I mean, definitely look at G Adventures. It is a company that goes out of their way to find ways for their clients to have those immersive experiences and give back to the communities they're traveling to, which I have to just, you know, shout out because not many companies actually do that anymore. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a safe one, especially for cultural immersion and making sure mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they're one of the few companies that actually does give a good portion of the money that yeah. you pay to the actual communities instead of taking it all for themselves. So, yeah. you know, it's easy to research that stuff online to choose a company highly recommend G adventures though. So maybe you don't have to do that much research, but if you do choose <laughs> a company, you do want to see, you know, how much percentage of the money that you pay goes to the company and how much goes to the people who are providing those services mm-hmm. is probably the number one thing that you should think about if you are opting for a tour company. So yeah, yeah. G adventures, look it up. It's for good. sure. For sure. But Jess, we are kind of getting at time here just because yeah. attention, but, but I, but there's a couple more things I just want to touch on. I know you have something really cool coming out not too long from now, um, you know, for people to learn more about culture immersion, if that's something you wanted to share. I think that would be cool for this audience to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So I was talking earlier about kind of my private one-on-one coaching services and travel planning services that I offer my clients, um, as well as language tutoring services. Those are all private one-on-one services and my more high ticket services. I'm also developing a course right now. Uh, We already actually have the Founders Round launched, and it's been so awesome to kind of go through this first cohort of students who are taking my course. And so the course is called uh, Beyond the Bucket List, How to Plan Culturally Immersive Trips. And what this course is, is a uh, six lesson course uh, with uh, presentations and, um, you know, me giving my best advice and step by step kind of process of how to plan your own culturally immersive trip. Um, It's kind of a self-paced course. um, And I give a lot of support in our private Facebook group, as well as a couple of group calls and a chance to earn a one-on-one itinerary review session with me. And I made this course because I wanted to offer like a lower ticket option to my clients so that I could help more people. Um, And also because I want to empower people to be able to do this work on their own. Um, And so I think it's really important to have, you know, it's really like a guide. It's a it's a from start to finish guide um, teaching you how to go from tourist to traveler. Uh, I mean, the first lesson is what is culture like understanding what culture is. And I really do go deep um, and, and talk about the micro and macro culture and other things that really make us realize what the word culture means and what it doesn't mean. Um, we talk about cultural appropriation versus appreciation um, and, and explaining your own culture, because if we don't understand what culture is and all the different facets that, you know, encompass that definition, it's really hard to do the cultural immersion work to be able to plan that trip. So that's really where we start off. Um, and then we go through the whole planning process. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of data that I collected for this course was people's worries about time and money. Um, so we also discussed that. And uh, just giving you, you know, hands-on examples of, of how to, um, you know, make sure that you're using cultural immersion in every part of the planning process. Um, so if you are interested in that course at all, actually, the wait list um, is open. If you go to my Instagram, The Wander Word, uh, you can click the link in my bio and you can join the wait list for that. Um, and so I'm really excited to share this course with the public um, and, and uh, see how it's received because I really think that it's so important. And 
you know, you were touching upon earlier about how all of these really big travel destinations have been hit hard by the pandemic. And so now is really the time to do this work. It's really yeah. the time now to learn how to culturally immerse yourself and how to make sure that you are divesting from mass tourism and that your travel dollars are going to the local community, which is also a big part of the course as well. Um, okay. so, yeah. so I'm really excited to, to share it. Yeah. Awesome. Jess's social media links and everything, guys, will be in the description. So, you know, click on that. Go check it out. Check out. Give her profile some love. Check out her website. She's got some great blogs up. Um, and you can learn more about her services and then about this course because, you know, I've heard great things. I've seen a little bit of it. And I think it's I, I, I mean, it's well worth it just to educate yourselves. And and like she said, you know, things are starting to slowly reopen. And so now is the time to really start doing the research, because like we said, I mean, Travel with intent is something that everyone should be looking at doing, not just going to, you know, lay by a beach and things like that. And so now's the time to really dive into what this cultural immersion travel is and, you know, what, how you can just even baby steps. We're not saying you got to go in and, you know, live on a farm for two weeks, you know, <laughs> we're saying just anything you could do to just give back um, to these local communities and these, you know, families and these business owners that, you know, Marriott's are going to survive, you know, Radisson hotels are going to survive. And we understand people work and at these hotels to bring money back to their families, but they are going to survive and they're going to be okay. But it's these, you know, bed and breakfasts or these families that have these, you know, little four seat cafes. And, you know, I think about them because it just breaks my heart when I see things like that shut down or closed because that's a family's legacy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, learning how you can give back and do all these things. I think, right. Like you said, it's the best time and it's so important. Absolutely. Yeah, for so. sure. We got to do the work, you guys. We got to do a right. little bit of research, a little bit of legwork on our end. It goes <laughs> a long way and it's better for everybody. It's better for you as a traveler and it's better for the locals in their community when you do this cultural immersion work for sure. So it's good for everyone. A hundred percent. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. This conversation has been amazing. It's been very educational. I've learned a lot. I've just had, I've had so much fun every time I talk to you. It's just, I mean, you've become such a good friend of mine. And so I enjoy every conversation we have and I'm sure the audience loved everything they learned. And so thank you for, you know, taking time on your Sunday to spend it with me and, and this audience. And I just, I'm so excited to see, you know, what happens with the Wanderword and how things grow and the people you can help and just, yeah, it's going to be, I'm, you have big things coming. I could tell. <laughs> Thanks girl. It's always a good vibe with you. It's always a positive vibe. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank yes. you to the audience. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. And, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to either of us if you need help with this really important work, solo travel, cultural immersion, we're here to help you. You don't have to do it alone. Hell yes. And if you guys want to learn even more about cultural immersion um, and kind of it, in a way, it's kind of like a sneak peek into what you can get when you join Jess's course um, on Wednesday, May 5th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We are hosting a cultural immersion workshop, um, just like a nice little 45 minute hour workshop. And like I said, it's going to, in my opinion, be kind of like a sneak peek into all the amazing things you can get when you join Jess's course when that opens up. Um, and you know, that is all in the link in my Instagram bio as well, where you can register for that. Um, so we're excited about that too. Lots of cool things coming up. So excited. And if you come yeah. to the workshop, I'm going to give you a little, Ooh, a little incentive here. So yeah. there, be square. <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day.
Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.